Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Coming up on episode 257 of Wheel Bearings, we've got the Audi e-tron GT, the Ford Expedition Max, the new Chevy Colorado, the Cadillac Celestic Show Car, the new EV tax incentives, and more coming up next. Did you know you can support Wheel Bearings directly? Head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia and you can become a patron today. Your contributions will help fund the platforms and tools we use to bring the podcast to you. And exclusives and improvements are already on the way thanks to your generosity. So if you want to be part of an automotive podcast like no other, head to patreon.com slash wheelbearingsmedia. This is episode 257 of Wheel Bearings. I am Sam Abual Samich from Guidehouse Insights. I am Nicole Wakeland from the Fast Women Podcast. And I am Roberto Baldwin from Ars Technica. And I am coming to you today from the luxurious Days Inn and Suites in Traverse City, Michigan. I'm going to be at the uh, Center for Automotive Research's Management Briefing Seminars for the next couple of days, uh, which is always an interesting event. Um, but uh, Nicole, uh, yes. you had you uh, had a busy weekend, and what were you driving? Well, wait, wait, okay. wait, 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 wait! Before I start that, when you when you did your little intro, Sam, it sounded like you were about to say, "I'm going to be at the Days Inn Community Center. We're going to be doing a 30 minute set with my good friend <laughs> Patton Oswald." <laughs> it sounded like you're. It did sound a little bit like you're on your your comedy show tour. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. I've ruined the flow hustle. of the entire this is show. Side hustle. Don't you're supposed to give away <laughs> your side hustle, much, Roberto? <laughs> it did sound like you're about to tell us about your your upcoming uh, comedy special that's going to be taping in Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough about Sam and his comedy special. So yes, I had an adventure last weekend. I actually had, when I say the Wakeland clan, I mean all of us. It was my husband. And I, my two daughters, my oldest daughter's boyfriend, the two of them flew in from Milwaukee, my brother-in-law and his wife, niece, nephew, and a girlfriend. So 10 of us all together in a giant Airbnb up in the White Mountains in New Hampshire, which is about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour drive north. So we wanted to have enough room for five grown-ups in our car, which we did. We also had to have the stuff for five people, um, copious amounts of food and a couple bottles of wine. And we also brought in his little teeny tiny Only a couple carrier. bottles? Oh, more than a couple bottles. More than a couple. <laughs> um, and we brought my dog, who is like the size of a small cat. And we just had him in his little carrier. So we even had a little spot for Doggo on the way up there. Um, so all of us. And I said, hey, could I get a car that could fit all of us? And they said, sure. And they gave me a Ford Expedition Max. So it was gigantic. And my husband actually had the gall to say to me, you think we're all gonna fit in that? 
I'm like, did you look out the window? Did you see how big the car they just <laughs> left in my driveway is? And he's like, oh, that's pretty big. It was huge. So not only did we all fit in it, we put all of our stuff in it, and it still didn't even look close to full. It looked like it was half empty. We've got like little carry-on bags from my daughter and her boyfriend coming from Milwaukee, our little tote bags, all this stuff. So it was, I felt like it was the perfect test case for like, what do you do with a gigantic SUV? You put as many people as you can fit in, the family doggo in his carrier, and all of your stuff. It carried us all up there. It was super comfortable. It was super easy to drive. Before you ask, Sam, because you already asked, and I wrote it down in my notes, I got 18.3 miles per gallon. And the Not combined, bad. Yeah, and the average is supposed to be supposed to be 16 city, 22 highway, 18 combined. So it was right on that. And although I did a lot of highway driving, the sucker was loaded down. It had a ton of stuff. And once you get into the White Mountains, you were literally driving up really steep mountains. So it's not exactly the easiest, most fuel efficient driving once you get off the highway. Um, I even got to unintentionally, uh, because thanks for the directions, Apple Maps or Siri or whoever my husband used, um, there was a class six road between me and the Airbnb that was not designated as such until we got right to it. And I'm like, this is not paved. This isn't even like a real road road. This is like Bob and his buddy Sam just went out there and, you know, made a road and hack out the trees out of the way when there's a windstorm. And I drove it and it wasn't like crazy. It wasn't like you needed a Wrangler, but it was like, there were some ruts, there were some bumps and stuff. It handled it beautifully. Like it loaded down with all of this, like fully loaded. So I loaded with people and pets and stuff took it on a, highway, a long drive on the highway, took it off road for a little bit, because that was a road we used, that little stretch of road, was maybe like three or four miles in and out every time we left the Airbnb through the dirt. Um, so it was really, it was cool to actually use a giant SUV the way that you're supposed to use a giant SUV. Um, I had, You mean for something besides just running down to the corner store for a six pack? Exactly. And I thought, OK, so if you really had a family where you like because there were there were five of us in the car. Right. So if you had a family, and you had three kids like in their younger kids and you really want like I get this. I get it. This is the first time I got it because you could put all the kids in the car. You could put a friend or two in there with you and you could carry all their stuff. You don't have to worry about splitting people up between two SUVs, even because there's nothing that's quite big enough to take everyone. It was brilliant. It was it was so much fun to drive this. My beefs are really, really tiny. So the first one is the cup holders are absolutely horrific. So, when, <laughs> right? Cup holders matter when you're driving in a car for two hours. So here's the thing. So you know how cup holders have those like varying degrees of little sort of springy little prongs that they will spring out to grab your cup, whether it's a tiny little soda can or a, a big gulp from 7-Eleven, right? These were too aggressively like, no, we're only going to like hold a tin can. So when you tried to put a larger thing into it, you had to squeeze your drink too hard and you had to kind of almost, you almost wanted to pop the top off the drink, like the lid, because it wouldn't, squ it wouldn't squish. They were too strong. And it wasn't just one couple, it was both of them. Because my daughter pushed her drink in and the lid actually popped off because it wanted to grab the cup too tightly. So that's my, my first complaint. Don't look at me like I'm crazy, Roberto. This is a oh, serious Oh, that's a thing. real complaint. That it's is a, a valid, yep, that fully is a valid. valid concern. It's a genuine thing. Things shooting out. I drink Red Bull a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't want those things shooting all over the place. See, so I put my giant 
extra large skinny decaf vanilla latte from pressed into the cup holder and the lid shut off and I, I lost a few sips across the console which I did clean up for it it's tidy you'd never know I used wipes and everything it's all nice and tidy but every time I thought it was just like a fluke every time we put something in it to the point that my daughter was complaining about it, that my husband wrote up and he's like these cup holders are terrible I'm like I know I have witnessed this already <laughs> so the cup holders and the other weird thing the infotainment screen is amazing it's this I think I want to say 15.5 inches, but I could, it's this huge vertical touch screen. And at the very with bottom. The, with this, the knob on the bottom? With the knob the, on the bottom. With the, from the Mach-E? Yeah, yeah from, it's 15 yeah, and a half inches. Okay, 15 and a half. Looks great. The knob at the bottom, two things about this. First of all, the knob at the bottom, if you do use the knob, there's also touch screen things that are located very close to the knob. So you could touch them with your fingers, but if you grab the knob and your fingers happen to touch the screen at the same time, you accidentally activate touch screen things. Did the you author- do that? Yes, I did Aww. it. My husband did it and my daughter did it. So it wasn't just that. me. So it was like you've accidentally, and it's not like you're aggressively like floundering. Where's the little <laughs> button? You think you've grabbed it, but if your fingers touch it just right, you accidentally do other stuff. Here's my weird thing for the, for the week. So um, we had one glitch because sometimes glitches happen. Um, and my screen decided for a brief time while we were at home that it was not participating in the day. It's like, no. Today I sleep and it wouldn't come on. It was completely black. I had no screen whatsoever, like dead, 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 dead. Um, Once I turned the car off for a while and turned it back on, it was kind of like a computer, like it reset itself, it came back. It wasn't, you wouldn't, power wouldn't come on. It was like, there was nothing. It was completely gonzo, right? A little bit frustrating. It would frustrate you, right? Well, especially given that the the climate controls are in the touch interface, which is why those things should always be physical controls. They should never be in a touch screen. Yes, yes, yes. 110%. This is is it. And I experienced it firsthand. We got in the car. We'd had the AC set at a reasonable level, got out, did our thing, came back in. It was like 85, 90 degrees. So now the car is an inferno. I can't make the AC go any higher than the nice little calm level it was at when we got out of the car. I literally can't turn up the air conditioning. So you can't do anything. So if that happened, did you try? Like, did you try using voice to say turn down would, the temperature? Voice wouldn't recognize nothing. I oh, so the whole system was locked up. Completely gone. It was completely locked out there. I've tried voice. I'm trying every permutation and combination that I can think of. Like, is there any way I can get through to this and get it to like kick back in? It wouldn't. No, it was just. This is just like a brief drive from downtown in my town to my house. And once I turned it off, we left it off for a little while. Didn't need to turn it on for a couple of hours. When we turned it back on, it was fine. So whatever it was kicked itself out and reset itself. But I experienced that like, oh my gosh, you literally cannot adjust the HVAC. You can't do anything once that happens. So now I am, I am pro also having buttons. If you want to put it in there, have at it, but also have hard buttons so that if something goes wrong with that, you can still adjust your AC. Because it was like with, in the summer, just kind of a pain in the butt. We left the windows rolled down a little bit to let the worst of the hot air out. And then eventually the AC at that low level was enough. But if it was like winter and you couldn't turn on your heat, that's a whole or different story. Or your windshield defoggers. Yeah. Or, exactly. Oh, yeah, so, your defogger. Yeah, 
Yeah. So I'd never realized how bad that could be until that one moment. I feel like I'm picking on it. I loved this card. This was a weird glitch, but it was one of those like, now I get why you don't want to design something. Do you that love way. the card though? It's like loving somebody that you went out with and they were kind of a jerk to you a few well, times. He was just and you're a just jerk. like, yeah, but. He was just a jerk once. There was one time he was a jerk, but all the one other time times, he just didn't do the one thing. One time he threw the my boy... drink at me by accident. <laughs> one time he refused to talk to me. He forgot to put the toilet seat back down. Right. Uh, so otherwise it was okay. So, the, and it, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to like call that. Like, I felt like I needed, I like, I don't want to call it out and make it sound like, Oh, this is terrible. This broke. It was more like, this is what happens if something like that breaks, like something to really consider. If that goes suddenly you've lost control of your HVAC, which is not fun. Otherwise, other than the 25 minutes, somewhat hot ride back from downtown to my house with my daughter and I trying everything we could to get it to work. Um, I really did like it. And I thought it was a great, it was, it was a very smooth ride. It was really nice to drive this for the hours that I drove it. It was, it was fantastic. And it was a couple hours there and a couple hours back. So we all liked it easy to get in and out of easy to climb from the third row into the second row for my daughter. She wasn't like having to contort herself to get back and forth. So that was easy. So yeah. So all in all, Thumbs up, Ford Expedition Max. Max. What Max. what trim level was it? I had the limited 4x4. Okay. I was just wondering if you had the Timberline because, you know, that would have been interesting to see how the Timberline behaved on that, uh, that what is it, Class 6 road, you said? Class that- 6 road, yeah. No, it, and you know, like, it, like I said, it really was off-road, but it wasn't – like you wouldn't have wanted to take a sedan down it just because there were mm. ruts and stuff that were too deep and you'd have bottomed out. But um, it wasn't like you were rock claw- crawling or anything, but it was, it, you know, loose gravel, a few little steep bits here and there, some ruts. You had to pay attention to what you're doing. Apparently a log had, or tree had fallen across the road and somebody had cut it. It was like dragged to either side, just lined up nicely, <laughs> become its own little guardrail. <laughs> My brother-in-law was driving a Jeep Wrangler, and he's not an off-road guy. And I was having so much fun flying down this little thing in my expedition. I looked, and he was gone. I'm like, there were no turnoffs, right? I didn't lose John, did I? He should be fine. He's in a Wrangler. <laughs> it's also probably all the dust you kicked up. No one wants to drive it, too. Yeah. It was actually, it wasn't that dusty down. because we'd had some rain. We'd, so oh, everything well, was pretty tamped slow. down. There were some puddles, as the guys that go to clean it will discover when there's, like, sploosh all over the sides of this. <laughs> So he's just he's just not used to, you know, how to actually drive off road like you are. Yeah. He is not. So I, she said I was driving too fast and I said not in my world I wasn't. No, no. <laughs> exactly. You're driving too slow because there's all people in the car. Exactly. <laughs> I was being cautious because uh, they were like civilians with me. <laughs> and, and how much was the expedition? I don't did you say the price? I did not say the price. The price for this one as equipped was eighty four thousand six hundred and sixty dollars. So it is not a cheap date. No. Nope. But and a good chunk of that. It'll make you hot. One of the the I'm just looking at the equipment package. Yeah. <laughs> the pan there's a there was a really cool panoramic vista roof they call it. It's like the whole length of the thing. That that roof was nine thousand dollars. What? No. By itself, Not, or was that part of a package? Panor- it says. Oh wait a minute. There's another thing. A panoramic vista roof and the stealth edition package. The hell? Uh, it what was did just the black. Stealth edition, dude. Did yeah. it make it black? Did it have black? Probably. Rims? Black wheels. Okay, for the and sunroof trim. and a black. Ri- yeah, that was that package is nine thousand dollars. What a rip! That's, <laughs> I'm just that's gonna say a it. Lot. That's a rip, and people will pay for it because they want a black car. I, I guess they probably uh, will. I but mean, it was fun. If I was looking to spend eighty six grand on, like really and really needed that, I mean that is a huge vehicle. If you really need that much, it it did the job and it was fun and it let me do a little bit of off road stuff and. 
Yeah. Thumbs up. Even though it was a little bit of a cranky boyfriend, as Roberto's pointed out. Cranky boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you cool. I'm not going to let you put your drink here. No. You're not the boss of me. Don't push me around. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you. No HVAC. <laughs> All right. What about you, Robbie? What did you drive? I drove nothing. I got nothing oh. to tell you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, no, no. I, uh, what, I got nothing out front right now. I'm just trying to catch up. I have a lot of I have a lot of non driving articles. Also, I have some driving articles <laughs> I have to write. Oh so in order to keep myself from falling further behind, I have uh, I have opted to finish my work before taking on more work like an adult. This doesn't okay. happen very often. Oh, look the at la- you being all responsible. I I'm know. so proud of you. I know. And of course, now I'm like, oh, I got to reach out to those fleet guys and see if I can get that one car in. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, I need to drive stuff. That's part of my job. I should probably do that. Oh, yeah, that's my job. So, yeah, All right. nothing. <laughs> well, um, when I got back from our vacation, my wife and I got back from our vacation a week and a half ago, uh, we had dropped off the Mach-E GT at the airport in uh, San Francisco. And back in Detroit, we picked up an Audi e-tron GT. Uh, and so I had my first opportunity to drive you know, one of these vehicles that's based on the same platform as the Porsche Taycan. Um, I will say this is a fantastic looking car and, uh, I really enjoyed driving it. This was not yeah. the RS, uh, just the, just the standard e-tron GT. Um, and so it, uh, had, uh, I think about 580 or so horsepower, um, something, something in that ballpark. Um, and uh, uh, 93 kilowatt hour battery pack. Uh, it's um, it is rated EPA rated at 238 miles of range, um, which doesn't seem like that much for a car this size with you know with this size of battery pack. But in fact, you know when we got into it, it was you know it was showing 260 miles of range, and it uh, it was easily getting at least that much uh, wow. because when I, you know, I, I did, I actually did a lot of highway driving with it. Uh, I had uh, actually uh, on the, the day after we got back, I actually had uh, two appointments in Detroit, one in the morning and one in the evening. So I drove to Detroit and back twice that day and did a <laughs> bunch of other driving around, um, drove to a uh, uh, party um, in uh, Bloomfield Hills on Saturday night, uh, did all that without charging it. And, uh, by the time I got back to, uh, near my home in, in Ypsilanti on Saturday night, I had put, um, and it was, again, it was mostly highway driving. So, you know, not the most efficient for a, uh, for an EV. And, you know, if you're going to drive on the highway in Michigan, you know, you got to keep up with the flow of traffic, um, which rarely ever goes uh, at the speed limit, uh, and the speed limit in, in, in that area is 70 miles an hour. Um, so, you know, it was not, you know, ideal for maximizing the range, but I had already driven over 230 miles uh, in that car and still had 30 miles of range showing. So, you know, if I'd had more around town urban driving, I could have easily, I think, gotten 
probably over 280, maybe 290 miles, you know, in more mixed driving conditions with this thing. Um, and uh, so, you know, I was, you know, and this is, this is something, you know, from other tests that have been done of both the Taycan and the, the e-tron GT, uh, you know, everybody's been, you know, way exceeding the EPA range numbers uh, for these vehicles. So clearly Porsche and Audi, um, you know, were very conservative in their testing to make sure that they didn't um, overpromise and underdeliver. They wanted to go the other way around. And it, you know, it's definitely worked. Um, the, the one, the car I had, had the uh, prestige package, which is $7,200 on top of the, uh, uh, the $99,900 base price. Um, and then it also had the performance package, which gets you 20 inch, five, five double spoke wheels, uh, summer tires, Audi laser light, uh, headlights, uh, e-torque vectoring plus, uh, high gloss black grill. Uh, and this, the car was white. Uh, so white with the, with the black grill and the black trim, you know, had sort of, uh, uh, you know, sort of, sort of the star Wars stormtrooper kind of vibe about it. <laughs> Uh, full leather interior for another four grand, uh, and the technology features, you know, and a thousand forty five dollar destination charge brought the the grand total to one hundred and eighteen thousand seven hundred and forty dollars. Wow! So this is not not an inexpensive car, but uh, and yet and yet know. those packages are still cheaper than the expeditions. Like, hey, you want a glass roof and some black rims? <laughs> I know, right? I really need to look it up. What else is that stealth package? We There's got to be, be more. Short term. I'm going to look it up and see if it's maybe it comes with a bag of like five thousand dollars in the trunk. <laughs> and, well, and you know, and and the Audi did have a full glass roof as well. So you know, there's that. Um, you know, I I really enjoyed driving this thing. You know, the seats were fantastic. Um, you know, the the front seats were great. You know, the the Prestige package gets you uh, um, massaging seats, which is always a nice thing when you're spending a lot of time in the car. Um, it had uh, adaptive cruise and Audi's active lane assist, which is you know a lane keeping assist it's not a lane centering system so you know what you're getting there is not something like the uh, you know not something like autopilot uh you know it you you can't you know you definitely have to keep your hands on the wheel with this uh, but you know it's that's fine you know i, I don't have a, an issue with that because you probably should keep your hands on the wheel anyway uh, the uh uh the performance package adds uh, rear wheel steering, you know, so this thing has great stability on the road when you're, you know, it does a little bit of in-phase steering when you're changing lanes on the highway. Um, it, it feels really good. Uh, it's not, <clears throat> it's not quite as quick as the, uh, as the Taycan, uh, but, you know, it'll still do zero to 60 in about uh, uh, right around three seconds. Uh, and one, one thing that's interesting in this one, because, you know, it's the same same powertrain you get in the Taycan, which means that on the rear motor there's a two-speed gearbox, uh, as opposed to just a single-speed reduction gearbox that you get on most EVs. And um, you know when you put it into um, you know the performance mode, you know there's several different drive modes. Uh, I think I think Audi calls it uh, dynamic mode, uh, and you uh, use launch control. Launch control dead simple to use in this thing put your left foot on the brake pedal hold it down 
put your right foot on the accelerator, push it all the way to the floor, remove your left foot from the brake pedal, and go. And um, you can you can feel it when it shifts, uh, which is an unusual feeling in an EV because usually in an EV it's just completely seamless. Yeah, it just one like whoosh shifting. forward. Yeah, you never feel yeah. anything. You're just suddenly you're moving. <laughs> yeah, you can you can definitely feel it when it shifts in this thing. Um, when you've got it in eco mode, I think it keeps it just in the in the higher gear all the time because you know the, the acceleration doesn't feel quite as brutal off the line. Uh, and you never feel it shift. And, and in most driving, you know, and then pretty much anything but the, the hardest acceleration, you're never going to feel any shifting. Uh, but in that, you know, when it's, when it is that, you know, really hard acceleration, you will, you can feel it shift. Um, one, you know, one complaint I do have about this car is I do wish it was a hatchback. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's got that sleek, fastback shape you know it looks like a four-door coupe uh but the the trunk opening is um kind of small and it's the trunk is rather shallow i was able to get you know when we returned uh from our trip uh, i was able to get two carry-on bags in the trunk uh, i had to move the uh, the bag for the charging cable to get them in there but they i was able to fit them in um but you know it was it was a tight squeeze in there and I ended up putting the two backpacks in the back seat, um, so it's it's a fairly small trunk. And you know, if you had if it did have a hatchback, you know, like an A7 or an A5, uh, you'd have a lot more usable rear cargo space. Um, back seat is also not especially roomy. I was able to sit back there; my head was not touching the glass ceiling, um, and my knees were not quite touching the the, the front of the the, uh, the back of the front seat, the driver's seat. Um, and I'm, you know, about five, five eleven or so. Uh, so I was able to fit back there, but it, you know, it wasn't, it didn't have the kind of massive capacity that you'd feel you would get in something like a lucid air, you know, which feels incredibly roomy in the back seat. Um, this is, this is definitely tight, tighter. You know, and, I mean, this is a, a classic grand touring car. Uh, you know, so it's not a, not a hardcore sports car, uh, but it's, you know, fast, um, fast transportation in style and comfort. And, um, you know, and it's, it's gorgeous. I, I love the way this thing looks. Um, you know, I, I probably wouldn't choose one in white if I were buying one because, you what, know, white's What color would boring. you pick? What would you pick? Uh, I would probably pick, you know, one of the probably multiple shades of silver or gray that they have. Uh, oh. I don't think that they have, I don't think Audi has any really bold colors on this thing. They have the uh, red. The red looks really nice. They, it's like a oh, do they have a red? red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, right. That's I forgot about on the, that. Uh, yeah, they have the red. I think is is that only on the RS though, or is it also? Oh, maybe on it is always only on the RS. I've driven a yeah. lot of them. I've driven all the variants, yeah. so now I don't know which is which anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me bragging about driving a car. Fine, <laughs> yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've driven. You know, maybe, if, maybe if it might just be the or, RS, actually. Yeah, if there was a red or something or a blue, you know, I would I would go with a bolder color. Um, you know, but the the you know the white's fine, but it, it like I say, it, it wouldn't be my first choice. And you know, I would, you know, I would probably never buy a white car just because there's there's too many of those. Um, but other than that, you know, and. You know, it's not it's not an inexpensive car. It you know it's it's fairly pricey, um, but you know if you're looking for something that's quick 
and very stylish and you know comfortable for a couple with you know room to take another couple along with you if, you know when when you want to go out for dinner um you know this you know this is definitely something to consider if you're looking for you know a really premium grand touring you know coupe style car you know i i would also prefer you know just a pure two-door coupe uh but you know it, it is what it is you know unfortunately most manufacturers don't sell enough of those to justify it so that, that's that's the way it goes but uh you know definitely gets a lot better range than what the uh, monroni indicates um so you know I, I wouldn't worry about the 238 mile stated range because you can you can definitely go a lot farther than that and uh you could you know if you were driving it fairly tamely which i mean who wants to in a car like this uh but if you were you could probably get close to 300 miles if you if you really wanted to so that's the audi e-tron gt Oh, and one other thing that I was I found quite surprising is the the ride quality was actually really good. Um, you know, considering the type of car this is, you know, I I drove it over some pretty rough pavement, and you know, I wouldn't call it um, supple, but very well controlled and and not at all harsh. It was very comfortable to drive. It's the more tame version of what the Taycan is. What you're yeah. Calling. Yeah, like if you drive the Taycan, the Taycan is a lot more aggressive, both accelerator and suspension wise. The e-tron GT is when you're like, you know what? I just, you know, I want to go fast, but I also want to feel pampered. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's exactly right. Pampering. I deserve some pampering. A little pampering. Yeah. We we all I, deserve some pampering once in a while. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. You work hard right. for your money. They yeah, should, you deserve it. You should treat yourself right. Yourself <laughs> okay, I have an answer too for you guys. By the way, what okay. is in the limited stealth performance package after I dug through 8,900 pages worth of media and consumer site information? It just says the sunroof and the st special stealth package on my Monroni, but the equipment thing is actually the stealth performance equipment group, which is the little code number. It gets a high output version of that 3.5 liter V6. I cannot, for the life of me, find out how much more horsepower that adds, but it does get a little and a sport tuned suspension, so it gets a few little performancey bits in addition to ninety nine percent of it being black stuff, black it's, trim. It's probably about ten or twenty horsepower, I think. Yeah, I I can't find it. I'm looking for it, and I cannot find out what the horsepower increase actually is. But so it does get the high output. That's that's so you're getting a little bit more engine, a little bit more performance looks like you know with the sport tune suspension stuff so it's a little bit more than just the black plus panoramic roof for nine thousand. you get a little bit of performance a little something, something. yeah for for something, something. ford sells a, a bunch of different variations of that 3.5 liter uh eco boost v6 that and they all range from about 400 to 450 horsepower so it's going to be somewhere in that range it's probably Oh, wait, uh, I got it. I mean, 440. Oh, 440. 440 horsepower? Okay. I don't know what the regular one is. So I, get, I found the I high think output it's 400. 440. Okay, so it's 40 more horsepower. It's a little chunk yeah. of extra horsepower. That's there not a bad thing. So yeah. there you go. A little extra horsies. So that's good. That's worth nine grand. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally worth nine grand. That and the, the black The black rims. Trim. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then the roof. You get ex the yeah, roof. you have a black headlamp and fog lamp bezels. Ooh. I mean, oh, you didn't say anything about bezels. I know I missed out on the bezels. You, there's yeah. unique well, interior in stitching in red, but mostly it's pretty stuff and 40 horsepower. <laughs> pretty stuff and 40 horsepower. 
You got nine okay. grand. Here you go. Here you go. All right. Uh, let's get into some stories for the week. Um, <laughs> one thing that we forgot to talk about last week, because we had a bunch of stuff that we were catching up on, um, and I forgot to put it on. I, I actually had intended to put it on the rundown, forgot, completely forgot, is the Cadillac Celestic, um, which, Nicole, were you at the, the GM EV Day in March of 2020? I was not. Okay. So I think I was the only one of the three of us that was there. This, this was an event they did in one of the last, I think the last event that GM did before the lockdown, um, where they showed us a whole bunch of the upcoming EVs. And they showed us a clay model of the, the Celestic. <clears throat> it was the, of the 12 cars that they showed us, it was the last one that they took, uh, took the, the silk off of, you know, as, and it said, oh, and one more thing, kind of an old, old time Steve Jobs thing, you mm-hmm. know, one more special thing coming. And they didn't give us much detail about it, except, you know, they said, uh, you know, this is going to be a hand built ultra luxury car. Um, the one they had at the time didn't even have an interior in it, so we had no idea what the interior was going to look like. Um, we only saw the exterior, and now they've shown off the uh, the Celestic show car, uh, which is, uh, by all accounts, going to be essentially the same as the production model that's going to be coming later next year. Uh, this is going to be a hand-built, you know, personalized for every customer uh i think they're only planning on building a few hundred a year of these uh so about the same pace that they're building hummers right now apparently um <laughs> but uh, uh yeah i mean everybody who saw it at the time was was pretty impressed with with most of it uh most of the design what did the two of you think of this I mean, it looks absolutely beautiful. I, the interior, it's, it's funny that they didn't have the interior to show you at that day you were talking about, because the interior of this thing is amazing. Is that actually that red? Red. It's very red. It's a little too red. It's very that, red. It, it's my, it is my, very, very red. That's my it's issue It's a little with bit the car. like Hugh Hefner's smoking jacket kind of situation right. happening in there. It's like, it's yeah. very red. It's very red. A little too red. A little too much red. But if, that said, I like to course, call it a flagship sedan when it's clearly a wagon. Just call it a wagon. Well, it, like, it's actually it, it's not a wagon though. It looks like a wagon. Come on. Wait a minute. Let me like. It's, it's a, a fast, we have fast a picture? Shot. How's the, Does it have a hatchback? Um. Dun, dun, yes, dun, dun, dun. it looks I like it does I think in this picture. Does. I, I don't oh. remember. Oh. Hmm. I don't. I, actually, I. I don't it know. Looks, yeah, I, I don't can know see the. I can see the little. The little. Uh, the little line. He's from the. It looks. The like, I know. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking at like a little seam, and it looks the little like seam. And it pops up, and that's where like you put your stuff hatch. in when you're going to Wally World with the kids. <laughs> in your custom hand done, commissioned you, car that I would yep. never put a child in ever. <laughs> well, the kids when they're older, they're nineteen. The kids when they're old 20, enough tonight. They want to go to a you know somewhere across the country. Little road it trip. really is absolutely beautiful, though. It's even as I'm picking on the red; it's very red inside, but it's a stunning car. The details—if it actually looks like this in production, if it's this detailed and it has this kind of personality to it—it's an absolutely gorgeous car. Did they give pricing on this? It's going to be around three hundred thousand dollars. Oh, sure. For three hundred thousand dollars, it is going to look exactly like this. It's gorgeous. They Would you spend- hand build it? 
three yeah, they're, they're hundred thousand it. dollars. And, and you'll be able to personalize. You know, if if the red doesn't work for you on the interior, you can make it any color you want. So um, would you, you do know, this three hundred thousand dollars for a Cadillac? There's a lot of cars you could buy for three hundred thousand. Would you buy the Cadillac, or are there other three hundred thousand dollar cars that you might buy first? <sighs> so you know, for three hundred grand, you could get something like this or. Uh, a Mercedes Maybach, mm-hmm. you know, or Ooh. what else? There, there's some Aston Martins uh, out there Royce, that you could buy. Rolls Royce, uh, Rolls Royce Ghost. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some Aston Martins. Uh, I mean, I would, I would seriously mm. consider this. Well, all those other vehicles. Well, I mean, how many Ghosts they make a year? Like twelve? <laughs> like, is it, does Cadillac have enough of the the sort of cachet to to pull off a three hundred thousand dollar car? Well, I think for it's, the, it's for the it's, crew that buys three hundred thousand. There's only going to be a few of them. There'll be people who will yeah. buy them just because mm, it's like supreme. True. It's like a supreme drop, but for a really expensive car. Okay. Like there's only <laughs> going to be X amount of of Celestics available, and so it people are going to buy them in it's order to be. It's not Celestic. It's really just Celestic. It's Celestic. A, I don't yes. think I've heard it spoken before. Celestic. Celestic. I'm going to yes. say Celestic in my head all the time because I feel like that's what it looks like. You're free to pronounce it any way you want. Yeah. Uh, so when when we saw it two years ago, the most controversial thing that everybody – I mean from the front three quarters and, and from the front, you know, everybody unreservedly loved it. The mm-hmm. one thing that, that kind of got everybody that they weren't sure about was the look of the, the C-pillar, the, the, rear, the rear quarter. What mm-hmm. do you think of that? I mean you've got this massive piece of sheet metal there. For that, is, it, that, is it really that solid? I'm trying to get another picture. It's, yeah, it's, looking, it's solid. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Did it look awkward I mean, in person? Is this one of those, or you're saying it did look awkward in person because I'm looking at it, sometimes it doesn't, you know, looking at an image on a computer isn't the same thing as the, the real live version, but it still looks kind of solid like that. That's a lot it's, of metal yeah, for a C-pillar. It, it is. Uh, hmm. You know, granted, you know, this has got, you know, a similar kind of look to the Lyric, um, you know, where, so you, you've got this, you know, sort of hockey shit, hockey stick shaped horizontal light that goes up the pillar. Uh, and then it's kind of scalloped out behind that, you know, it, so it's, it's not just a flat panel there, you know, it's got some, some contouring to it, uh, which, you know, which breaks it up a little bit, okay. but, um, you know, it's, it's still, you know, it's a, it, I'm, I don't know yet. I'm, I, ha- I haven't made up my mind yet about the rear three-quarter view. I can but, see where it would be controversial. I want to see it for realsies with the light, the way how the light plays against it and how it just looks in person. Right, and, on, and, and on we screen, saw it, it in the design dome. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll have mm. to see what it looks like outside. But um, it is overall, it's beautiful. All the detailing, yeah. the details in this car are phenomenal. Like everywhere you look, there is a little detail it's 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 gorgeous it's really pretty. and you you know you've got a full width display you know pillar yeah. to pillar display uh which is, will be a first for cadillac um wait what's the hvac you know, the, system situation though <laughs> if, is it uh, all in that touch screen because if it is i'm out yeah <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know we'll we'll have to see uh, it's hard hard to tell from uh, you know from just from these images, uh, so 
we'll be seeing more of this in the coming months. Uh, and then it may, we might even see it at the Detroit Auto Show in September. Mm. Uh, I suspect they'll probably have it there. Um, and then, uh, oh, I think they're, I think they may have it at the, at, uh, Pebble beach. Are you going to Pebble, Robbie? Yeah, I'll be at Pebble. So if you see me, okay. say hi and I'll give you a low five. No more high fives. I've decided that high fives are not cool anymore. Oh, low five. So Actually, high, five, no high fives are never cool. I just like to do it. They're ironically. never cool when it's you because nobody can reach you when you do a high five. It's like, I low can't fives. I have to jump. A low five is better. So if you're at Pebble and you see me, give me a low five. Okay. Or a dollar. One of those. All right. A dollar. So, so the, the Celestic is riding on using the, uh, the Altium uh, electric power system. So the Altium battery. Um, it's probably going to have at least a hundred kilowatt hour battery pack, probably more, uh, for the high end versions. Um, you know, cause they're, they're going to be aiming for, you know, probably 350 to 400 mile range with this thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll be waiting for more details coming up. Yeah. All right. Um, Last week, uh, GM also uh, revealed another new model, uh, this time not electric, uh, the 2023 Chevy Colorado, um, their new, their updated midsize truck. Um, Do you guys have a chance to take a look at this? A little bit. The C-pillar is so much smaller, though. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> it's kind of. Well, uh, you could get the Desert Boss that has, <laughs> you know, the, the sport bar with the sail panels on there. So that kind of emulates the C-pillar. All right, yeah, that's fine then. Okay, so so the 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 new Colorado and and presumably the GMC Canyon, uh, which we haven't seen yet, um, are about the same overall size as the current generation models, but they stretch the wheelbase three inches, most of which goes to the front end. So you got less front overhang. Uh, they're trying to make this thing more off road capable than before. They've added a Desert Boss trim. Uh, on top of the uh, the ZR2 package that they already have on the current generation, uh, so that's got the the fancy Multimatic dampers with the remote reservoirs and, and all kinds of other cool stuff. Um, one interesting change is um, no more V6 and no more uh, diesel engine in the Colorado, just three different variations of the. Uh, uh, the two liter, uh, or the, sorry, the 2.7 liter four cylinder turbo that launched in the Silverado a couple of years ago, uh, ranging from 230 to 320 horsepower. Um, have, have either of you driven vehicles with that 2.7 liter turbo in it? Oh, I'm trying to think of the Silverado. No, I've only driven the V6. I don't, I'm going to say I don't remember, which is terrible, but I don't, I don't remember. I don't believe I have. Okay. Well, it was it was fine in the in the Silverado. I was less impressed with it in the, the Cadillac CT4 V, but you know that's probably just because it, it's not really well suited to a car like the CT4 V. Um, but you know it'll it'll be fine. You know it's reasonably smooth. Um, you know should get decent fuel economy, and you know the Ranger only comes with a four cylinder turbo engine as well, so. Uh, you know, you'll have a brand new Ranger, brand new Colorado and Canyon, um, maybe a, a Ram Dakota coming at some point, and there's a new Toyota Tacoma coming soon. So the midsize uh, truck segment's getting pretty interesting again. Yeah. Which is good because people love those. I mean, you, sometimes you want a truck, but you don't want yourself a, 
a Silverado. You don't want an F-150. You just need a little bit of truck. Here's your little bit of truck. I'd yeah. like to see more smaller trucks like the Maverick. Like little ones? Like little trucks. I like, And I, you slam them and put some big rims on them. Put a big speaker you box carry the, the mulch. Back. They still carry mulch. They still I mean, carry that's mulch. The thing, right? Still carry mulch. Unless you, you fill up the bed with speakers. Oh, you fill up the bed with speakers. <laughs> there you go. But the speakers only so the the depth of the t- of let's say a twelve inch twelve. You don't need the entire bed, so you can leave like a little layer. You can slide the mulch underneath. Oh, okay. So leave go. a leave a gap under the speakers. Yeah, leave a gap under the speakers. So you that can you stick can about slide. shove about half a dozen bags of mulch under there. Boom, boom. And then when you need Perfect. to get that last one out, you just like park on a hill and then take off real fast, and then the mulch will slide. <laughs> out. Right out the back. <laughs> Solving problems here. Uh. I hope Ford's okay. listening to this. <laughs> well, actually, speaking of the Maverick, I, I don't have it on the list here, but uh, this morning Ford um, announced the Maverick Tremor coming for the 23 model year, uh, which is basically they took they took all the the hardware, the cool hardware from the Bronco Sport and put it on the Maverick. Uh, so you've got uh, it's got an extra inch of ride height. It's got the uh, twin clutch uh, locking rear differential um, and then the the two liter um, EcoBoost four cylinder with two hundred and fifty horsepower. Did, did you guys take a look at that one? Yeah, I saw it. I, at first, I was like, "Oh, really?" And then I looked at it. I'm like, "Nah, all right." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, here's a fun side story. Um, I was at I don't know somewhere, and someone pulled into a parking lot with a Maverick, but they had a Raptor badge put on it. <laughs> <laughs> Just to screw with was people. It a, was it, was I was it like, XL with the steel wheels and no, it wasn't the base XL. It was the Lariat. <laughs> so they had thrown all the stuff on, and then they went out and they like went online. They found the Raptor badge and they like adhered it to the to the truck. That's kind of and awesome. it was the sad thing was slightly askew. So they spent all this money and it was just askew, just slightly, slightly crooked not enough. Right. Yeah, Aww. I was like, oh man, you did all that work. <sighs> oh well, but the tremor looks nice. I think yeah. it looks good. Yeah. Um, I'll allow it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We'll allow it. Sam, they can continue. Production, go ahead, Ford. We've approved. <laughs> okay. Nicole and Robbie approve. Uh, I'll send a note to Mike Levine and you know, tell him. Let they him can, know. They can, yeah. they can Mike, ahead. it's cool. Tell go him. For it. It's okay, yeah. Mike. Go ahead. We're, we're cool with it. Go, go, go. I was on the, okay. I was on the fence. Can... Then I saw it. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, can, you can begin taking orders and start building them. <laughs> well, they can't even build the ones they have already made. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, I go to the Ford site. I, I don't know why I was looking up the Maverick. Maybe because I like the Maverick. I'm like, ooh, I should buy one of these one day. Um, and it's like, ah, yeah, you're not getting a Maverick anytime soon, buddy. That's essentially what the site says. Does it really? <laughs> yeah, if you go, if, it's the same thing with the Ionic 5. You go to the Ionic 5, and it's like, mm. <laughs> It's like, oh, you sure? Well, they, they had, they, they, they had, Ford had stopped taking orders for the Maverick and, and a few other models a couple of months ago. And I guess as of today, they've reopened the order books again for the 23 models. Um, so they're, they're starting to take orders for the 23s now. Cool. That's right. good. Oh, yeah. yeah. I see the little warning. Due to a combination of high demand and global supply chain constraints, not all models and trims features are available. Contact your dealer. It does give you a little warning. You have to yeah. acknowledge it. Acknowledge. I acknowledge it. I'm <laughs> probably not going to get the Con- car I want. Contact your dealer and ask him how much of a markup he's going to put on the MSRP. Yeah. What is this actually going to cost me? It says 20995 here. What's your price? <laughs> <laughs> well, 20995 plus another 20995 995 <laughs> and, and you're out the door. 
There you go. Uh, speak, speaking of which, um, both GM and Ford are you know, trying, we'll see how successful they are, to uh, uh, limit you know the gouging, dealer gouging, and, and people buying these things and flipping them for more money. Uh, the latest thing that the GM did is they um, they've announced that on several of their most popular models, uh, like the Hummer, uh, the Escalade V, and the Corvette Z06, they if you buy one of these and then resell it within 12 months, uh, they are not going to allow uh, transfer of the warranties on these things. Uh, so, uh, I mean, usually, you know, when you, uh, when you sell it, buy a car and then you sell it, you know, the, as long as the warranties are still in effect, you know, the original factory warranties are still in effect, it transfers over to subsequent owners, but that won't be the case if you sell any of these vehicles within a year after you buy them. Um, so, you know, that would presumably discourage people from, paying a premium to get these things if they know there's not going to be any warranty on it. What do you think about that strategy? I, I get what they're trying to do. It's, I don't... It's, I mean, if the, the idea is that the, the dealerships are using fake names to buy cars, and then right, they turn around and right. sell them. And so that's, that's sort of like, hey, we're going to stop that. And, of course, there are people who are buying cars and then putting them on the auction sites and doing that. But at the same time, there are people, you know, that's the, the, the unintended consequences of this rule is that someone buys a Z06 and then they get laid off. That's or, you know, there's a medical emergency in their family. And now they, they're trying to sell a car. And, oh, by the way, when you buy this car for me, it's not going to have the warranty anymore, which now is it's, it's not only uh, uh, punishing the seller, it's punishing the buyer. So I feel yeah. like there's, there's they, they, you know, they... They're, they're sort of dancing around the actual issue, which is the dealers ripping people off and figuring out new and exciting ways. And instead of just saying, hey, if you do this as a dealer, you're not going to get cars anymore. Instead, they're like, well, how about we do this thing instead? So it's not, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if they do this, it's to stop the dealers being doing what they're doing. But it's going to, the dealers will find a way to get around it if they can. And they'll, you know, continue whatever their individual dealers business as usual is. But like you said, Roberto, it's the guy who gets laid off and can't afford to keep his Corvette is now suddenly stuck when, honest to goodness, he wanted that Corvette and now he can't keep it. But now he, to sell it is a problem because he can't transfer the warranty. I get the, I, I feel like it's going to hurt the people it's least intended to hurt. Yeah. You know? The dealer will figure something uh, out, too. They're like, hey, you can buy a third-party warranty on this car, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would guess that, you know, GM will probably build in some kind of flexibility so that, you know, if you can, you know, if, if you were, you know, an actual consumer that bought this thing and you can provide some evidence that, you know, look, I lost my job. I can't make the payments on this. Yeah. You know, I need to sell it or trade it in. You know, there's probably a, a mechanism that will, that they'll, you know, they'll, they can judge, you know, they can make a judgment call on a case by case basis and say, Okay, for you know, in this case, you know, because you did in fact get laid off and you need to sell it, then you know, we'll we'll allow the warranty transfer on that. You know, so, I mean, GM's got the discretion to be able to do that if they want to do that, if they have the people to do it. 
Because now you're That's like, true. oh, yeah. now I'm waiting for. Well, what's going on? Well, I'm trying to sell my car, but I can't sell it for two months. Well, I'm still waiting for GM to say yay or nay. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, my kids don't have any food. No, I'm just kidding. I just got. It. <laughs> They're all starving, but <laughs> I got this really snazzy Corvette in the driveway. Uh, I just. You yeah. might be being Although, slightly more dramatic know, than what the typical oh, consumer will have to endure, but. You know, yeah. I mean, hopefully, you know, if you've. You know, if you've got the wherewithal to buy, you know, a hundred to two hundred thousand dollar car, you might have enough savings. Hopefully, you've got enough savings, you know, to get you through a couple of months. You know, if you lose your job, you know, hopefully, you're not living paycheck to paycheck. Uh, if you're buying a car like this, uh, I mean, I, I guess if you are living paycheck to paycheck and you're Don't buying buy a, a car, car like, like this, this. <laughs> that was a bad. You know, that was a maybe, bad idea. Maybe you. Should, Maybe you should rethink your priorities a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's like, possible. Well, I only got enough money for me and this Cadillac Escalade V. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I got, man. That's all I got. I got enough money. I'm just, I'm at razor's edge, razor's edge. <laughs> living on the razor's edge of life. <laughs> it's just me, okay. this one studio apartment. <laughs> And this I love the backstory you've created for our consumer here. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta look good. Gotta look good. All right. Um, last, <coughs> excuse me. Last news item for the week is uh, uh, Senators uh, Schumer and Manchin uh, apparently finally came to an agreement late last week um, on a new uh, tax and budget bill. That uh, includes some uh, updates to the EV uh, tax incentive system, um, and uh, there's some some pretty substantial changes. Um, first of all, they're eliminating the 200,000 vehicle sales cap uh, to be eligible for incentives, um, and so you know manufacturers, you know at least through 20 the end of 2031, uh, will be able to. Uh, sell as many EVs as they can, and customers will be able to get tax breaks on them. But they've also made some other changes in the eligibility for these <clears throat> tax breaks. Uh, for example, now there's an income cap. Um, so it's $150,000 income, you know, income for single filers, $300,000 for uh, couples filing jointly. So if you make more than one hundred and fifty dollars or $300,000, you won't be able to get a tax break on an EV. Uh, you'll have to pay full price. Um, there's also um, changes in uh, in the way that it's being done. So instead of a tax credit that you file on your next year's tax return, um, which means that you may or may not actually be able to get the full amount back depending on how much your income is, uh, the, uh, the new system allows for uh, a transfer of the credit to the dealer. So um, the, the dealers have to register with the IRS to be able to do this, but they, um, the cons- if, they're, if they're registered uh, and the vehicle qualifies, the customer can transfer the $7,500 tax credit to the dealer and then get that as an immediate discount. So basically you get a, a point-of-sale rebate, which um, goes you know, as a discount to the sale price, uh, which means that you can actually, you know, where the current system, uh, the tax credit doesn't lower your monthly payment on the car because you still have to pay the full price and then get the money back later from the government. 
now you can lower the upfront price of the car and get um, get the uh, uh, a lower monthly payment. So EVs will be potentially affordable to a lot more people. Um, and then there's also a cap on the sticker on the MSRP of the car. So for for cars, it's going to be fifty five thousand dollars. So if a car if an electric car costs more than $55,000, no tax break for you. And for trucks and SUVs, it's $80,000. Um, so uh, you won't be able to get a tax break on a Model S Plaid or a Lucid Air. Uh, but, you know, you can for a Kona EV or a Mach-E or a Blazer or something like that. Uh, or a Model 3 or, or a Model Y, you'd be able to get those. Uh, and then um, it's also limited to EVs that are built in North America. Um, so you won't be able to get a tax break on a BMW i4 or an iX because they're built in Germany. Uh, you won't be able to get a break on uh, on a VinFast that's built in Vietnam. Uh, but if it's built in, in Canada, US, or Mexico, you will be able to get the tax credit. What do you think of this new system? My only issue is the fact that there's a 50000 thousand dollar cap on sedans and an eighty thousand dollar cap on suvs and trucks like why that's yeah i know because yeah that's that's my biggest issue everything else for the most part i'm fine with i mean instant money that's great the used car uh the used car uh, oh yeah four thousand dollars four thousand dollars used ev which most people who can't afford a new car i mean i've never actually gone out and purchased a new car i've leased two new cars but i've never purchased a new car um, so, you know, for, for people who make money I make or, or less and you, you can't afford a new car, you can go out and get a used one and get a $4,000 credit, which is really nice. Um, I'm fine with the, and I'm also fine with the, uh, capping it, you know, for 150,000. If you're buying a hundred and let's say you're buying an Audi e-tron GT, <laughs> you don't need $7,500. You, you're buying a nope. hundred and something thousand dollar car. That's you, you, you're fine. You're doing okay. <laughs> you don't. You, you yeah, know. yeah. It's the people. It, you know, really, I think these. At this point, it's you know, it's trying to get, you know, people who 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 aren't making, you know, two hundred thousand dollars and buying plaids, for for funsies. Um, it's it's everyone else. Um, and then I, do I, feel, I, I, I think I, I'm also happy they got rid of the cap. I think, think it's it, a little unnecessarily complicated. Like, it's this much for cars, it's this much for SUVs, it has to be made in the U.S. If you're making X over X dollars, you can't get it. If you're making under X, you get this. If it's a used car, you get that. I feel like genuinely the average consumer is going to look at it and go, what? It's not that hard, <laughs> really. I mean, yeah, the only thing that the only because yeah, I mean, if you make yeah, 150 and 300 for two, 300,000 for two people, 150 for one person, the 7,500, it's the same as it was before, except now you get money. Like right away, it's really the SUV versus like car thing. That's the thing what? that really bothers me. Why does the that bother you? What? There's just just more from one because the, the cars, because like, SUVs and vans of all and trucks have always got like this this wonderful leg up, and being you know there's there's, there's fewer uh, emission standards. It's this whole thing, and then you know just telling people you know what just keep buying gigantic vehicles that you probably don't really need in the rest of your life. <laughs> You're like it's cool. We're gonna we're gonna reward you for buying a vehicle that's that's a less efficient than the uh, than the sedans because they're so much larger. They have you know higher drag coefficient, and real yeah. I, I mean, it, what's the 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 article about the uh, the Hummer EV getting the same amount of 
of CO2 or less than a Chevy Malibu. I mean, mm-hmm. big trucks are still big trucks. They're not going to be as efficient. And so you're, you're sort of saying, hey, you're going to get the more efficient sedan. Well, we're going to lower the amount we're, we'll, we'll allow you to, to, uh, to spend on that sedan that's more efficient than the large truck, the SUV. The vans, uh, I don't know. No one buys vans anymore. <laughs> Commercial customers do. What's yeah. that? Commercial commercial fleets oh, commercial do. Yeah, commercial they buy a lot of yeah. commercial. Yeah, that's, that's and that's, true, that's a whole so. other that's a whole other thing because I, that that that's a whole yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, that field. At, and actually, to you know, to your point, Nicole, about this being a little bit more complicated than before, there are there are some additional complications that I didn't get into. Not oh. not every vehicle will actually be eligible for a full seventy five hundred dollars. Um, because there, there's some rules in there about the um, domestic content of the batteries. So there's. I was wondering about that. Like, so the- they, they split it. They split the 7,500 in half. So 3,750 is for an EV that's built in North America, and then another. The other 3,750 is based on the domestic content of the battery critical materials. Oh, good gravy! Um, so, if, if if it reaches a certain threshold, then you get that other thirty-seven fifty, and if if the if all the battery materials come from China, then right. you won't get that. So, so you have um, to look at where the actual materials in the battery of the vehicle that you're considering buying is versus the other battery materials from the other vehicle you're considering buying, combined with where that vehicle well, is produced. What, I mean, what, what they'll do it is, is they'll, a lot. they'll they'll, they'll 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 It'll, publish a list of yeah. here's the cars that are this eligible the and how list. much of a break you got yeah. each one. Because so it's be also for P heads and, and, and hybrid yeah. as well. I mean, you're still getting the and that that whole yeah. system is like well, it's based on battery capacity. So you can get a P head yeah. that gets seventy five hundred dollars because the battery capacity just is just a little bit north of what they've come up of of a number they came up with like ten years ago. So yeah. it's always going to be. Right. I mean, it's always going to be a, like slightly confusing, and it's always just like. Okay, these are the cars I want. You narrow it down to the two cars, and then you figure out how much you're going to get back for each one. I still think it's confusing. I would love to see the government just make a rule that was like X or Y. That's it. Buy this. Do this. Do that. Like as opposed to, but if this, then that. It's like it's like there's a decision tree there that has like 50 <laughs> branches. I want a decision tree that has two. I'm buying an EV. Yes, you get your refund. Your your rebate. I'm not buying an EV. No, you don't. Done. <laughs> That's what well, I want my decision yeah. tree to be. I don't want to then be like, well, if this, then that. Like little circles, and the, some of them are diamonds, and some of them are well. What day of the week was it? Was the sun high? What was the temperature? <laughs> <laughs> like. No. <laughs> are you buying an EV? Well, it'll, yes. it'll, it'll be a list of no. here's, here's the EVs that are available. Here's the discount that's available on each one. Simple as that. Yeah, and then you can decide, you know, how much each one's, you know, if, it, if it's something you can afford or not. Yeah. Uh, rich you won't, people, rich consumers people won't know, have to go through all those details. Rich people know how they're doing. <laughs> they're going to be yeah. like, oh, I'm rich. I don't get this discount. Oh, well, I'm rich. <laughs> uh, wow. Let, okay. <laughs> well, let, why, don't, why don't we get into some of the the, the question, listener questions then? Okay. Um, and the the first one, which is actually the last one on the list here, from uh, John W. Halkius, uh, he actually had a question about this about the tax credit, the proposed tax uh-huh. credit. And keep in mind that at least as of the time we're recording this on Monday night, this yes. has not actually been voted on by Congress yet. Um, and it's still possible that Senator Kirsten Sinema from um, Arizona could sink this whole thing because she hasn't said if she's going to vote for it yet. So, 
It's possible that this might go nowhere. Uh, but uh, Plus John's amendments question was... Right. Some people will yeah. put amendments in. Well, they can say, hey, there, you know there, what? There's... I I heard Nicole. This is too complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I this, little is, this is a... I've made it easy. There's two tree, yeah. two decisions. That's it. <laughs> the, the, I think this is if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I think this is a reconciliation bill, which is basically means it's going to be an up or down vote. They, at this point, they, there's no more amendments. No to, more amendments. Yeah, I I think so, but I'm I'm not 100 percent sure on that. But John's question was, yeah, you know, I said, do you have an explanation on the, the the proposed tax credit, which we just talked about? And he said, what current vehicles would qualify? Uh, basically, anything built in North America, um, it will get something. Um, and then is it only battery electric vehicles or do plug-in hybrids qualify as well? And plug-in hybrids do continue to qualify, but uh, they, they have raised the minimum battery capacity. So it used to be a plug-in hybrid had to have at least four kilowatt hour battery. It's now seven kilowatt hours under this bill. So it's almost double the size. So still pretty puny. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's any. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing at the fact that it was four. <laughs> yeah. It's like well, a I bunch mean, of nine yeah, volts was like shoved underneath. In, yeah. Just I mean, when this was done in, in 2009, you know, there was, you know, you had that first generation Toyota Prius plug-in, which had like a four kilowatt. It was just over a four kilowatt hour battery, uh, which is basically useless. Uh, but yeah, plug-in hybrids will still be eligible. Uh, so let's go through this list from the bottom up. Whoa, <laughs> Coach crazy! Cabr- Coach Cabrera asked, "Is the new Silverado EV only being offered in work truck and premium models? Where are the in-between versions?" Uh, so there will be in-between versions. Um, the work, the work truck, and the, the the RST are the first two coming out. Uh, the work truck is supposed to come out next spring. And then the RST in the fall, and then LTs and ZR2s and other trim levels have become rolling out over the, the months following that, you know, into early 2024. So there will be a full range of trim levels. They want to get the big money and then, like, well, also the big money with the fleets first. Yeah. Yeah. The two big monies. The two big monies. Yep. No whammies. <laughs> okay. This one's for you, Nicole. Yeah, it I'd like is. to hear about EV infrastructure in the Northeast. Ubiquitous in the Boston suburbs, but always seeing a dearth of EVs and chargers on or near, uh, for example, Cape Cod and northern Vermont. Yeah, so the EV infrastructure, if you're on a major highway, once you get a little bit further north, like, for example, in New Hampshire, like once you get to Concord, middle of the state, there's huge section of EV chargers right off of the highway you, you can get, there must be like 10 or 15 on each side of the highway, but then you get North of there. Good luck with that. And it's randomly very often randomly like at some inn or some hotel somewhere that will have a couple of EV chargers and they sort of gone all in with it. I want to say that's the case in one spot in Vermont and I can't remember where I stay, but like the hotel is like all prides itself on being green. So they've installed chargers for their hotel guests it is harder to find them. The further you get up north, the harder it is to find. It can be next to impossible to find them in any quantity where if there's one other guy who's charging, you've got a, you know one charger with two plugs. So you have a very minimal number of options. It's getting better. I mean, it really is getting better. But once you get 
you know, once you really get out of the, the really populous areas, which are the southern parts of New Hampshire and, you know, southern areas, you can find them sometimes. They're a little more prevalent in the heavily tourist areas, but it's still not a lot of them. You're still going to find just one or two. So if you're trying to charge your, you know, you have to plan. You really do have to plan. It's not like you can just plug in anywhere. So it's better than it was. It's still not great. Still not great. And during the wintertime, they are so very often just plowed right in that no one pays attention. The guy's plowing the last. And I don't think it's intentional. I honestly think they just don't know. I don't think they're looking and going, they think their brain is seeing big white thing. That's a sign. No one needs that. Not like big white thing. That's a charger. When people need that, you know? So, yeah. Just travel it's with a shovel. Better. It's getting, yeah, really. It's getting better. And like you said, you can find them in like a lot of the malls. It was a time when you'd have nothing in the malls. Now you'll find most malls have a couple. So you have to go to places. They aren't every place. You have to find little populous areas that have enough to, to warrant someone putting in a charger, I guess. When when you do find a charger at a hotel, is it usually you know a, a general purpose you know charger with a seventeen seventeen seventy two connector or is it a Tesla destination charger? I've seen some that have. I was at a couple of places that will have like a Tesla charger there, but then a couple of just generic anybody can use this chargers because um, I have seen both at hotels, depending on the hotel and the inn, the larger ones, sometimes a larger resorty kind of place might have a little bit more. You get to an inn and they may have just said, well, we put a, we have an EV charger here at our inn for the one person who wants to plug in right now. And that's it. Um, but again, it's, it really varies from place to place. It's something if you're, if you're going up into the Northeast, if you said like, you know, if you're going up to Vermont, um, if you're going, you know, if you're going really up into the Northeast, um, you have to look at where you're going and check the availability, <clears throat> excuse me, ahead of time. So you know what's available wherever you're heading. <coughs> Is that loose? Okay. <coughs> All right. Um, next up, um, from team engineering thoughts on the viability of the Hyundai Envision 74 hydrogen fuel cell stack for range extending EVs. Uh, so do, using a fuel cell as a range extender for EVs is something that's uh, not a new idea. Uh, it's, it's, there's been a number of concepts over the years. In fact, back in early 2007, I had a chance to drive <clears throat> the uh, Ford uh, high series edge concept uh which was exactly this it it had uh i think it was about a 18 kilowatt hour battery pack you know that would give you about 50 miles uh or they claimed about 50 miles of of um electric driving range from the plug and then um a hydrogen fuel cell uh to act as a range extender uh, and you know, there's been other concepts since then. Audi did, I think, uh, an A7 uh, a few years back uh, with a similar type of setup. Uh, Mercedes has done something. And it's actually not a bad idea, um, you know, because fuel cells work better when they're running steady state instead of doing it, you know, up and down, you know, transients, you know, as you accelerate and decelerate. And you can rely on the battery to do the transient stuff and then just use the fuel cell to keep it charged. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's also a more expensive solution. Um, so I mean, it's, yes, it's technically feasible. Um, is, you know, is it economically viable? Mm. 
you know, <laughs> probably not so much. I mean, the, the, when it comes, the fuel cell is still running an electric motor. I mean, if you get the next, yeah. the, the Nexo, the fuel cell, and then it had a battery on it as well. So it's, you know, it's not like Hyundai hasn't done this before. They're just, this is, they've just supercharged what they're doing with the, with the Envision 74, where you can have both of them in a, like the coolest looking concept car that we've seen in like 10 years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It can happen, and it makes sense. I mean, North Korea. I'm not North Korea. South Korea. Uh, <laughs> it's not North. I don't know what's going on in North Korea. As the rest of us don't know anything. Anyway, South Korea. They um, they you know they have a they have a, an actual hydrogen infra, uh, f- hydrogen refueling infrastructure, unlike this country. So, you know, that's where Hyundai's based. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and you know they can learn from this from this vehicle and have a lot of fun, and of course make us all drool over the vehicle for the next five years and then say, nah, we're not making that. Or maybe they will. But not here. Oh, no, that'd be even worse. See, that's the worst, worse? right? Would it be Looking worse that they people, don't but make not it you. or worse that they do make it, but, but North America doesn't get it? Which is worse? Worse when you can't have it. It's like, look at that really cool thing there. <laughs> it, well, you know, if, if at least if they made it, you know, there's the chance that at some point in time you could import one. 25 years later or 21 years. Yeah. Okay. Like the Honda 25. E, the Honda E. Yeah. All right. Yeah. At least you can get it later on or, in twenty five you know, years. Or if you move, if you move to Korea, you can get one. Oh, that's true. All right. Well, there you go. You just gotta move to so, Korea. But then again, the Korea it's better th- Korea is, is the, the speed limit in Korea is like twelve miles an hour. Everything drives. <laughs> I was in a mountain. I was on a mountain road, and the uh, and the new uh, Seoul EV, which they were going to bring to America, then they changed their mind not to. It was a it was a fantastic little EV, um, and the speed limit was thirty kilometers an hour, which is eighteen miles an hour. <laughs> Blazing along <laughs> on a mountain road, I was like, I'm not, uh, I'm going faster than that. I told my like <laughs> my my drive partner, I'm I'm not driving eighteen miles an hour on this road. And they're like, Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that speed limit. Thank you. <laughs> All right, next up from and that. Uh, we're visiting the U.S., uh, Minnesota, later in the month. Uh, being a townie and scared of spiders, wolves, and loons. <laughs> Not sure why you would be scared of loons, but, Those you know, spiders birds? and wolves I can understand. Loons, yeah. loons don't attack people. I've never seen a loon attack geese or I guess, little... I guess the I guess the sound of a loon can be a little spooky if, you've ne- if you're not All used right. to it. I think they're kind of uh, nice, and they're pretty birds. Anyway. They just float along. Or maybe they mean like Looney people, <laughs> like the Looney Tunes. Oh, that, that could be. I think they but mean that. I don't think they mean car. the birds. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, my oldest son anyway. plans to sleep in the car rather than the cabin. Um, any tips for making his time in the back of our rental suburban more comfortable? A hotel. Uh, no. a, a, <laughs> yeah. Hello? Um, <laughs> it. it I would think, you know, if you're staying in a cabin, that would probably be better and just as safe as sleeping in the back of the Suburban. Um, but, you know, I mean, if if the kid's got to sleep in the Suburban, um, you know, uh, modern air mattresses, you know, that have a built-in yeah. pump are actually really good. We yeah. we have one that we use when we have guests staying, uh, like our, our daughter staying with us this week. You know, just you plug it in. Uh, Pumps it up in about uh, two, three minutes, and you know it's nice and firm, and you know it, it's like a, almost like a real mattress. And so I would definitely can, and it, you know, when you're not using it, it, it deflates, and you can roll it up into a fairly small package. Uh, so I would definitely consider getting a, an air mattress with a built-in pump. 
I would say, and if you're, depending on how late the people sleep in, it's, it's going to be really bright inside that car as soon as yeah. the sun comes up because of all the windows. <laughs> so something like either get some little towels or something that you can hang out, some way to I guess. provide a, or get them an eye mask or, a mask. or something, an eye yeah. mask, because otherwise it's going to be bright. And when the sun comes up early in the summer, it's, it's bright. What, what's <laughs> you know, the going to be That's sleeping true. in the car and up at 4 a.m. because the sun's up. What's the temperature in Minnesota at the end of August? Like a day, like uh, is it still hot? Is it still summer hot, or does it start getting I cold? I think it's still. I think it's still summer hot, isn't it? Yeah, I would think. Yeah, you know, it's probably you know probably getting into the fifties at night. Yeah, you know, so not cold, but right. you know cooler. Not too bad. They're not kind of so, freezing. You know, as long as you got a good sleeping bag, it's fine. Yeah, a sleeping bag, a nice air mattress because actually if you have you ever had have you ever slept in a car i mean has that i like, slept like, my my, <laughs> yeah. my grand my grand <laughs> when we used to go when i was a kid we used to go well not a kid a teenager 20s we used to go surfing all the time what we'll do because i'm from a mountain town we would drive we would leave our work at like one two in the morning drive to the ocean sleep in the car so I would just put the seat back in like my 90 Honda Civic hatchback and there'd be three of yeah. us. So the people in the front and then the person in the back, we'd all just sort of scrunch up and like make sure our, <laughs> our surfboards weren't stolen. We put them in the car. So we sleep underneath the surfboards in the car if oh they fit. God. And if they didn't, we just like hope for the best and leave the big one on top. Um, <laughs> so I've done that and I've slept in the back of a WRX wagon. Um, not with the, with the back down, but just, just in the back seat. But I'll, I just had a pillow. I had to sleep. Uh, I had to go see. Uh, I, I was at yeah. a hospital. I had a family member who was very sick, and I got there, and then it was you know did all the sick family member thing, and then they're like okay, and then I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just gonna sleep in my car, and so I just slept in. So my <laughs> thing is, if you sleep in the car in the summer, even if it's it, a, it can get kind of hot if it's still warm, but it also gets very humid in the car because it's hot already outside, and then you have it all closed up. And imagine this poor kid's gonna have. Every window, every everything sealed completely tight to uh, protect the, against from the, the balloons, right? So <laughs> you've got to think this, well, it's gonna get actually, hot. So the, if there's some little fan, like a little portable fan or something, like little tiny ones, like you put on your desk almost, it runs in a bit. Uh, something because it's idea. gonna just get like it's gonna get really muggy in that swampy. car. You're gonna have like condensation on the windows when you wake up in the morning. <laughs> swampy. Well, and swampy. And you, you know the thing is, you you don't want to leave the windows open because the spiders. You know, well, I mean, I wouldn't worry about the spiders, but the mosquitoes are going to eat you yeah. alive. Oh yeah, the mosquitoes yeah. and those loons. Yeah, once the loon can get like one there. of its like little bills in that in, in, in the they're open like window, they're like lice. They can get really tiny. They, they can in. get through anything. They have really long tongues. <laughs> yeah. They just reach down and they they can unlock Stab the door you. with their tongue. <laughs> yeah. And then the werewolves. So don't yeah. even uh, sh- don't tell them about the werewolves. Don't don't tell. I mean, if it's in the it's in the guide for Minnesota. It's like right there. <laughs> it's on the first page. On the first page. It's in the forward, I think. Hey, yeah, Minnesota, we're awesome. By the way, werewolves. Werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another one from Team Engineering. Uh, thoughts on Aptera's Tesla Charger petition. So, for those not familiar with this, uh, do you, do you know Aptera, the company trying to make this little three wheeled teardrop shaped thing? Um, they, they were around in like 2007, eight, and they went bankrupt about 2011 and they came back a couple of years ago and now they're putting solar cells all over the car and they're claiming a thousand miles of driving range, you know, solar and everything. Um, but, uh, they would, in the, the, when they published the preliminary rules for the funding 
for EV charging infrastructure from the uh, uh, the infrastructure bill. Uh, you know, one of the things in there was that the chargers had to use CCS connectors, you know, which is the industry standard for everybody except Tesla. And Aptera is uh, is putting out you know put put it, you know put out a petition. You know, saying that you know, no, they want to use the Tesla charging port and charging connector instead of CCS for no readily apparent reason. (laughs) I don't know. Just because maybe they're hoping to get bought by Tesla. I like that there's that their petition is like in the second graph. There's a a recent study showed that Tesla superchargers provide the best EV charging experience. That's because they're everywhere and they have exactly one car they have to work with. That's it. That's not right. because of the charging. It's not because of the charging port. <laughs> yeah, Tesla nothing. controls the software in the charger and in the car, so you know it's easy for them. Yeah, it's and they decided long ago to put charging networks everywhere, which was a very smart thing to do. Because it's still like right mm-hmm. now, that is the number one reason to buy a Tesla. It's not any of the other stuff because everyone else is essentially caught up to them when it comes to EVs. It's that charging network. If your friend, what, what, who's this person who wanted to go up, I don't know, somewhere northeast, wherever you live, Minnesota. up there, north Vermont, oh. I'm sure there's <laughs> dozens of Tesla chargers that person could just drive to and, and be totally fine. Yeah, That's, there are a lot more Tesla chargers. If you're looking for Tesla chargers, they're way easier to find. They are very conveniently located somewhere on your main route. See? That's they're the, putting that, like 10 of them in in the mall across the street like from see? the big mall. They're putting in like, there must be like 10 at least, it seems like. That's the killer app of the, is the mm-hmm. Tesla charging network. Um, and, but it's not because of their charging port. <laughs> It's the fact that yeah. they're, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They made, a, yeah, they made mean, a very t- smart decision. Yeah, I mean, Tesla already uses CCS in Europe because they're required to. And it hasn't changed the, the charging experience over there. So, it's yeah, you're right. It's not about the port. It's about all the other pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Surter asks, how will the customer base change for the Charger and Challenger if it goes EV? Uh, not if, when. Um, but... How different are the Mach-E and Mustang ICE customers from each other? Is there overlap? Uh, I live in Northern California, so I think there is some overlap because I live in Northern California. And EVs are just a dime a dozen now. They're all over the place. Um, but that said, having grown up with people who are really in the muscle cars, family members, friends, etc., being from a small town... Uh, there are a lot of people who will never buy another Challenger or Charger again once it goes EV. Mm-hmm. Because people yeah. do say that, like hardcore Mustang folks say that about the Mustang. It's not a Mustang. The Mach-E is not a Mustang. I will never buy one. They have, you know, tarnished the Mustang brand forever. Still- and no way. I will never. There are a lot of people. So I can imagine the same thing's going to happen with the Dodge, the Charger and Challenger. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, and, the, people yeah. attach their their identities and their personalities to parts of their lives. Like some people attach it to Tesla or to Apple or to Android. And for uh, the muscle car guys and gals, it's the same thing. They've attached their personality to a muscle car, which is a big, loud V8 and horrible, <laughs> horrible uh, handling. And that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so... I love muscle so, cars, yeah. but I know their limitations. There you go. Yeah. So, so if you if you must have a V8 Charger or Challenger, buy it between now and the end of 2023 because after that, it's gone. Uh, the the um, 
the Hellcat is going out of production next year. Um, and the Hemis will probably, you know, follow it close behind. Uh, the next generation Charger and Challenger coming in 24 will not have a big V8, uh, but they will be faster. Yeah, that's the thing. The they're going to be quicker. And the cat might yeah. be that cat. Remember that cat from, like, the battery ads when we were little kids? The little electric oh, yeah. cat? Oh, if they could get the licensing for that little electric cat. electric cat? It's like a black cat. Ads? It was like a black cat and it had its, its back arched. I think, and, it, oh my I God, think it was I a Duracell. I do remember commercial. that. I think it might have been Duracell. Was it Duracell? Yeah. Dur- or Rib- oh, right. I think it was my – anyway, it was a battery manufacturer. Yeah. They had that cat. And he's like elect. He looks like a lightning bolt. It was but he's ever also ready. Ever I just ready. googled. It was, was it? ever yeah. ready. Okay. Because it had nine lives. Nine lives. Oh, there you go. That was the little advertising. Because I'm looking at it now. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of yeah. Hellcats, EV Hellcats that have that sticker plastered on. And they're going to be at the track, and they're going to make you feel really sad when they outrun your current Hellcat. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but they won't make the yep. cool noise. So you got that going for you. You're like, yeah, but you can't okay. do this. Boom. <laughs> All right. Last question. Well, actually, you can make that noise because you can program them to make any noise you want. You could make it sound cooler than a Hellcat. Oh. You could, yeah. Could you? What's cooler than a Hellcat? I don't know. Come up with that, uh, Dodge. Make you, it sound cooler than a Hellcat. You can make it sound like a Hellcat. You can make it sound like a Hellcat. It has to sound cooler than. It has to be better than. Yeah. Just dog Otherwise, barking. Okay. Imp- <laughs> 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 Happy birthday song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Last one for this week from Fozzie B. We should not uh, record this for, late. Looking for the team's feedback on level two chargers. There are so many and the costs vary widely. Any thoughts on options, features to whittle it down to two or three? Oh, um, gosh. Robbie, weren't you just doing some testing? I am. Chargers? I'm doing testing on some chargers. I have the uh, the juice box from Enel or Enel. Anyway, I have Electri America's. Uh, I have Electri America's uh, home charger, and I have ChargePoint's home charger. And I'm doing a big review for for Wired for these, which requires a lot of charging, charging, and more charging, and sticking things to the walls of my house, and <laughs> doing anyway. So uh, I think for most people, if you get, you're probably going to want like a 50 amp circuit in your house, so you can get a 40 amp charger. It'll go up to 9.6. 9.6. Yeah, 9.6. Uh, kilowatts per hour, and overnight, I mean, I charged, I charged Ford F-150 Lightning with it. No big deal. And I think, you know, if you want something quicker, you can get something quicker. You can get, like, 100-amp systems. You can get, you know, uh, I think Ford's going to have something that's just ridiculous and charges really quick, and Lucid will have something that's ridiculous and charges really quick. Uh, but for the most part, those three are sort of the big three right now. Um, a lot of automakers are also making their own. Um, and so you, you can get those as well. Uh, really, the, 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 the whole point of having the home charger is that, A, you can just check your phone and see how it's charging. You can keep track of you know, how much money you're spending. Um, some of them have that. Um, you can also set it up with scheduling, which is nice if you live in an area where uh, your electricity costs are different. Depending on the time of day, there's different tiers. Uh, in the middle of the night, our electricity is like half the cost of it, what it is during the day. So having a home charger and saying, hey, I only want you to charge from midnight until noon or 9 a.m. in the morning or 6 a.m. in the morning um, is great because you know that you're only getting charged when the electricity is the least expensive. And you can also like override that if you really need a charge. Um, what's nice about the level two chargers is that in the instances where you do need, you know, you have been driving around a ton 
and in a few hours, you know, you get home, and in a few hours, you got you have to go somewhere else. It is nice to sort of just plug it in while you're at home, you know, unpacking or doing whatever you have to do, and then turn around and take off and take care of other errands in the house. That's where because it's not going to cost you any more to charge your vehicle if you're using a level two charger versus just plugging it into the regular socket because you're using the same amount of electricity. It's just you're getting it quicker. That's the that's the, the whole thing. And um, they are, you know going to be exp- I mean for for me it the elect- the getting the uh the uh, outlet put in was like 700 and something dollars which I guess which I which I found out is about the average so that's you know it's 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 a lot to uh you know sort of lay out so you're like hey I'm saving all this money on an electric car and you're like oh wait hold on <laughs> Mm. There's these other things, but, you, but you only have to do that once. But though. you only have to do that once, and cons- yeah. considering how much how, how expensive gas is, has gotten, especially here, I, I never I try I drive my VRZ for fun, but for like errands, I take our Kona electric just because gas is so expensive and electricity is far cheaper, and it's you know again if gas was five dollars a gallon, which it's not here, um, it would cost me eighteen dollars to drive a hundred miles in my BRZ. It costs six dollars to drive it in the Kona. Wow. So and I mean to um, you know you mentioned that it doesn't cost you any more to charge from a two forty versus a one twenty. Actually it, it can actually be cheaper from a two forty because most uh, the onboard chargers in in EVs are typically optimized for two forty volt uh, flow versus, and so, um, you, and you, a lot of times you actually end up getting more losses when you're charging from 120 right. volts. You are correct. So I forgot might, all about that. With, with, with 120, you might actually end up using a little bit more electricity. You're going to get the same amount of electricity going into the battery, but you're going to, it's going to consume more because of the losses in the conversion. So, um, it's actually more efficient typically to use a 240. Um, and, um, Actually, I just saw something. I'll, I'll, I'll have to um, find the link, and I'll include it in the show notes. Um, there's a company now um, that is making uh, a device that goes in between. Uh, it, it, pl- it plugs in between the meter and the socket that your electric meter plugs into on the outside of your house or your garage. Um, and uh, uh, essentially uh, what it does is it, uh, it taps in right at the meter. Um, so it's, your the meter still measuring, you know, all your electricity use, but it gives you uh, a 240 volt outlet at right at the meter so that you huh. don't actually have to do any electrical upgrades in your house or run an outlet, uh, at, you know, from, from your panel in your house into your garage or to the outside of your house. So it can, it, you know, this device is about, about, uh, I think it's about five or 600 bucks. Uh, so it's cheaper typically than an electrician. And, you know, if you have an older house, you know, if you have, you know, only a hundred amp service in your house, um, you would, you'll want to upgrade that to 200 amps before you install a 240 volt outlet. But, um, with this device, you don't have to do that upgrade because it plugs in right at the meter. Uh, so, um, I'll, I'll find it and include it in the show notes. Um, that's another potential solution. The other thing to keep in mind is, um, you know, think about, you know, like check out the, the EVs that you're thinking about buying because a lot of EVs now are bundling, um, a charging cable that has mm-hmm. interchangeable tips on it that actually supports 240 volt. So, um, you know, you don't actually, you know, like for example, uh, the, you know, all the Ford 
EVs, the Mach-E and the uh, um, the Lightning come with a, a 240 volt capable cable, but it's got an interchangeable tip so you can plug it into a 120 outlet if you need to, or into a 240 outlet. Um, the, uh, the Lightning, if you get the Lightning with the extended range battery, it actually comes bundled with their Charge Station Pro, which is an 80 amp, 19.2 kilowatt charger. So you get that with the truck and you just need to have the outlet put in your garage and then you have, and those chargers, those 19 kilowatt chargers typically cost about $2,000. They include that with the truck. So you don't have to buy that extra. Um, and then the, the, the Mach-E comes with a, I think a 9.6 kilowatt. Uh, and you know, if, you know, if the car you're buying, um, uh, most, most EVs have the ability to do the scheduling right in the car or from an app that's connected to your car. So again, you don't necessarily need to have a charger that has that connectivity and a separate app for the charger. You can do it from the car. You can control it from the car and do that scheduling of when you want to charge. Uh, and so, you know, the charger that I bought is actually, uh, it's Electron um, 9.6 kilowatt, 40 amp charger, charging cable. Uh, it doesn't have any connectivity or any smarts. It's got a display on it. So it tells me, you know, how much current and voltage I'm getting when I plug it in. And then when it's all done charging, it shows me how many kilowatt hours it transferred to the car. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I don't get any connectivity to the charger itself. It's just, it just shows me on the thing there, but I can control the, I can control scheduling from whatever car is plugged in. And that one was only 300 bucks on Amazon. Yeah. So a bargain. A bargain. Yeah. Do you remember though, if you get the, even if you, if you buy the, the the Lightning and the Maverick or, or not the Maverick, the Maki, um, you're gonna have to if you don't have that 240 volt outlet, you're gonna have to get an electrician to come and still put in that 200 volt. You know, yes. That that Lightning, you know, yeah. you're gonna need a 100 amp dedicated uh, circuit just for that, just for the the charger that comes yeah. with, with the Lightning with the extended battery and the the uh, the Mach-E 9.6 you're gonna need a 50 amp because you want to do 20 percent higher than the amp it's being used blah blah the electrician will tell you all that stuff about it eventually yeah. you just got to call electrician don't burn your house down that's 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 yes. my thing yes like yes. there's a lot of things don't you can do in your house down. you can uh, you can unless unless you are a licensed electrician do not do this yourself oh god no get no, a no, licensed no, no. electrician to do it do not Hey, hey, if you can hang a you can hang a picture in your house, great. You can you can replace the door, outstanding. But unless you're elect, uh, like a certified electrician, don't 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 mess with electricity because it'll kill don't you mess with that. or burn yes. your house down. One of those, you know, there's a couple or both burn yeah. your house down and kill you. Like yeah, you're you're you are the kindling that burnt down your house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, with that, uh, let's call it a show, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.